Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halastic, and I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. We provide easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses, and I will be your host for today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. If you are interested uh, in learning more about a business line of credit for your small business, please uh, visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Over the last 25 years, I have built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies on the Inc. 500 fastest growing list in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today I am very excited to be speaking with Rick Elmore from Simply Noted or simplynoted.com. Rick Elmore is an entrepreneur, sales and marketing expert, and former college and professional football athlete. As the founder and CEO of Simply Noted, Rick developed a proprietary technology that puts real pen and ink to paper to scale handwritten communication. Rick, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thanks for, so much for having me, Stephen. This is great. Yeah, so you know we're definitely going to talk a little bit more about uh, you know your the, the company that you have right now um, because it fits right into today's topic, which is how to make your business stand out. And uh, but we, right off the bat, tell us a little bit more about Simply Noted. Yeah, so. Simply Noted started out as an idea about making it easier to connect with your clients in a more personal way. I was doing my MBA back in 2017 when I had a, a marketing class and a professor was going over all the success rates in marketing and everything was really marginal. And then uh, this professor half jokingly said that handwritten notes um, had a 99% open rate. And uh, me being in sales, I thought that was a great idea and a no-brainer, but there just was no way or no easy way to do it. And uh, fast forward almost five years, uh, we've invested almost a million dollars into developing the world's best handwriting robot, handwriting software, handwriting engine. And we help, you know, realtors to uh, companies in the Fortune 100 uh, send small batches, large batches, automate it and send real genuine personal handwritten notes for tons of different reasons. So how does it work? How does it work, Rick? Yeah, so at the very base, you know, our, you know at a high level, we help companies send real handwritten notes, but what we do is use robotics. Um, we have developed a three-axis uh, gantry-based writing robot that is completely automated. Um, you know, we load your stationary into the robots, um, the robots automatically load them, automatically write them, automatically quality control them. And then we have humans on the back end, um, you know, hand stuff them to make sure that they end up in the right envelopes, but that's the robotic technology. But how we help individuals is either through a platform like on our website or their CRM to help automate it, or they can submit lists and, um, you know, we can help them send thousands or tens of thousands of handwritten notes in the time it literally takes them to send an email. Wow. So yeah. you're into it for five years now. Um, are you cash flow positive right now? So we've always been cash flow positive, and that's something I'm extremely proud of. We've never taken a loan. We've never had investors. My background's in, in uh, I guess, sales and marketing, but I, I always joke it's actually in hard knocks. I, I'm a, an athlete. 
where uh, working hard and perseverance and grinding through challenges was just a part of my DNA. And um, yeah, if we didn't have the money, we didn't spend it. And um, yeah, we've never had to take out loans. So I'm pretty excited about that. So yeah, we've always been cash flow positive. You know, every once in a while we'll have a month that's a little bit down, but that's very normal in business. But um, for the first two years, we grew over 300%. This year, we're going to we're going to grow probably around 150%. So we've always had triple um, digit revenue growth um, over the first four years full time. So yeah, it's been Good. a pretty fun, healthy business to build. So, I mean, do you, can you see, uh, we'll get to the topic in a second because it, it does relate, but oh, everyone who's listening is an entrepreneur anyway. So there, are, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you're interested in business. It's just, there's no two points mm-hmm. about it. Um, mm-hmm. So do you, can you see how, the idea, the concept behind, you know, really what you're, you're trying to do. Cause you mentioned that, you know, handwritten notes are open 99% of the time. Uh, you know, whatever the statistic really is. Um, uh, can you see where your company would mer- morph into other types of marketing communications that are very high percentage of improvement? Yeah, so we want to make it as efficient as possible for our clients to send handwritten notes. And the way that we do that is through software. So leveraging, um, you know, softwares like Zapier, for instance, allows us to automatically integrate to over 5,000 of the most commonly used softwares out there. So if you think about Salesforce, when a lead converts from prospect to closed deal, we can automate sending a thank you card on your stationery and your handwriting with your custom message that's completely personalized without you lifting a pen. And that's really the power of our platform is to help make it more efficient and scale it without you guys even thinking about it. Um, so we use a lot of software you know, on the back end um, to make sure that we make this as efficient as possible for our clients. So you're feeling that you're not going to have to move away from, not move away, add another line of marketing outside of the handwritten notes that that's going to be your core competency. Yeah. Yeah. So as we're starting to slow down on growth, you know, those first couple of years was fun. You're like, Oh, we're growing in triple digit growth every single, every single year. It's kind of fun. But as your company, you know, grows and you talk to, you know, hundreds or thousands of people over the years and you start to realize, you know, other products that you can bring to the portfolio, um, I can see us expanding in the future, um, being more of like an engagement platform of sending like gifts, small gifts, you know, that's kind of corporate giftings kind of like evolving oh, and good for you. massively, yeah, massively, uh, uh, growing, I guess, you know, that's a big, big industry right now. But, um, right now the heart and soul of our business is the handwritten note. We truly believe the handwritten note is the gift. Nobody receives them nowadays. The average person really receives less than seven handwritten letters a year. So when you go to your mailbox, it's really easy to stand out, you know, when, especially with all the digital, you know, buzz and, and, and interruptions that we get with our computers, you know, our cell phones, all the social platforms. It's really easy to stand out with a handwritten note. We really believe that is a gift. Well, good for you. I see so many uh, younger people nowadays going the angel funding route. And, you know, there's a lot of, lot, a lot, a lot of opportunities and just building a business through existing cash flow. And, you know, honestly, when you look at what someone makes and uh, who's, who's an angel funded company, the owner makes, uh, it, it's, 
it's, you'd be shocked, you know, when someone says, mm -hmm. oh, well, I'm a $15 million in revenue company. Uh, you know, it's funny when you talk young people and they're angel funded, they're the, they don't even talk about revenue. They talk about how much money they raised. I'm like, I don't yeah. care how much yeah. money you raised. I know. And it's <laughs> I always really funny, care. like how much, I know. And like how much buzz they get about it. It's like, cool. They, that person just gave up the majority of their business or now they're in debt in some form or fashion. Right. So yeah. now it's more about the investors, right? It's about doing what's best for the investors, not what's best for the company or the clients. Yeah. And that's really why I did this is I had a vision. I wanted to help you know, people scale their personal touch. I was in sales. I understood how valuable it was. Also, it's a valuable sales and marketing tool. It's an easy way to get in front of a lot more people faster in a more personal way. But I knew if we early on, if we brought some people on from the outside, they would change the vision um, that we originally started this company for. Yeah. Good for you. Well, good. Good luck. Um, good. Thank you. So let's, let's focus back on today's topic. It's really about like how to, you had to get your business to stand out. And, you know, I, as you, you know, your company simply noted is one way, but so tell mm -hmm. us a little bit more about, you know, you, let's say, you know, our, most of our listeners, they're under $5 million in revenue. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're, they want their, their company to stand out so they can make more money. Of course. Um, tell us a little bit about some ideas and some things that you've seen that, that really make a difference. Yeah. So, you know, being a self-funded start, a self-funded company, what was tremendously important to me and i understood this from my sales background was those first clients that you bring on board regardless if you're starting a sales new sales territory or starting a new startup those first clients are tremendously important um, to launching your business because um, they're taking a chance on you your new business but you know by building those relationships with those first new few clients you know they can help you grow and learn and, and teach you a lot about your business to make it better Plus, you know, with those better relationships, you know, they're going to be more loyal to you. Um, they're almost like lighthouse customers. I always explain it to our reps. It's like, hey, those first clients you bring on, you just got to obsess about making sure they're happy, obsess about making sure the product is, is exactly what they need and want because they're going to make referrals. You know, they're going to write you good reviews. And that's what's going to help you grow your business 12 months from now, you know, 24 months from now. Um, because, you know, those first early on customers. So if you treat every client like that, um, it's obviously impossible because you only have so much time in the day, right? Um, you're always bringing on new clients, plus you have to service all clients. Um, it's really going to help you, you know, solidify a strong foundation um, in your business if you can build those strong and loyal relationships. And that's really what we focus on here. I mean, one way that we do it, we use our own product. You know, we drink our own Kool-Aid. Um, we have a weekly sends list. You know, we send out handwritten notes to our clients all the time for different reasons, um, you know, different things that are coming up, just thanking them for, you know, an order five or six weeks ago. Um, you know, it's just staying top of mind, but in a more tangible, personal way. And that's really what we try to talk to people about when we onboard them as well, because they always want to grow their business. Um, the first thing we always get like, hey, what's the ROI? Because like this isn't a digital product where you can track clicks and and where is it going to go? And we always try to you know talk about like, hey, the ROI comes down the road. You know, how long is that? What's that client worth to you? Right? Is that client worth five hundred, fifteen hundred, five thousand, whatever it is? You know, what's it going to be worth to you if they repeat a purchase two or three times? So we really try to get them to focus on you know, the lifetime value of the client, you know, the cost of acquiring a new client versus keeping a current client happy. 
um, and really try to change the mind because everybody's always worried about immediate ROI. How can I bring on more clients? But we're really trying to tell, you know, help our clients understand the value of just building those deep relationships with their current clients. It's, it's really amazing. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, search engine marketing, search engine optimization, you know, paid for click have just changed how things are constantly measured. You know, you're going to go sell mm -hmm. your product and you have to, you know, have people have to buy into it. Right. And, and believe mm -hmm. me, having done lots and lots of SEM, SEO over the years, your product is a heck of a lot cheaper. <laughs> so I'm mm -hmm. sure. Um, <clears throat> go ahead. Yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was, I was just going to agree with you because I, I mean, being a business owner, you have to see everything. I mean, we have a, a pay-per-click budget. It's not, we don't do a lot in pay-per-click because that's tendency. Those aren't good clients. They're shoppers and they're trying to, you know, just get the best price. Um, but we do a ton of SEO, you know, our website, it's going to be about 300,000 visitors this month. So we spend a lot of time getting that organic traffic, but um, yeah, it's three bucks to keep a client happy versus spend hundreds to try, try to acquire new clients. And that, happy $3 client that you're keeping happy can, you know, refer a friend for free. So, yeah. Um, and it is measurable. Really, it, you know, yeah. it actually is, I, it, there is, a, it is measurable. So you could take, mm -hmm. what you could do is take your clients and um, do, do you simply notice for half of them, right? And see how much more business you get from those clients than the ones that you don't say, send a handwritten note to, Right. And mm -hmm. it would be measurable, right? You'd be, you'd be able mm -hmm. to say. So we always tell our client, yeah, we, so an A-B test is always a great way to test some type of marketing campaign. But we, we try to tell people, if you're going to send a few handwritten notes, like our service, like we, it's always better to sit down and do it yourself if you have the time. But where Simply Noted comes into play is if you want to insert it into some type of sales campaign or some marketing campaign and do it at scale or automate it, um, something you just can't do on your own sitting at home. Like if, if you were to send one or two thank you cards, do it yourself because, you know, that is just something that is so meaningful. Um, you know, but if you want to automate it, you know, and inc include like QR codes and trackable phone numbers and set it up on some type of automated trigger or say, hey, I have a list of like 600 clients and I want to get out a quick, you know, promotion or just a thank you card or a holiday card. Like that's where we come in. But um, there's still, you know, sit down and do it yourself. We try to tell people, hey, that's always the best option. But if there's want to do it at scale or automate it or insert it into some type of sales or marketing campaign, that's where we come in and help. Hello? Looks like it froze. So again, for the for, this is the first day. I actually had three podcasts today, and and we had another technical problem. So I apologize to our listeners and to Rick too, of, of course. But we're going to pick up where we left off. Um, Rick was, you know, let's let's just uh, talk about how, um, you know, sometimes looking at old school stuff, it scares everybody else away, right? So, like, I'll give you an example. A number of years ago. Seven years, several years ago, we I did um, just mailers, like we did regular postcard mailers, and what what everybody forgot about mailers, 
And so, I mean, when you look at your mailbox now, compared to, I mean, you're, Rick's a relatively young guy, you know, uh, 20 years ago, your mail was stuffed with stuff. Now mm-hmm. you can't get anything, right? Yep. And so it's like an area of opportunity. And, and those mail, those uh, mailers that we did really worked. You know, we were yeah. doing pretty big uh, uh, volumes of them. And it, it worked well for us. Very measurable, you know, very effective. So, you know, some of the, some of the thing that people, sometimes you don't always have to do what everybody else is doing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the big thing, of course, has been for a long time, SEO, SEM. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, 20 years ago, the big thing was personalization. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, being a business, you know, owner myself, you know, you have to have like every tool in the belt and, you know, you may be doing something on social, like you said, SEM, SEO, pay-per-click, right? You have all these tools that help you grow your business. I always like to explain us as just an, another tool, another avenue, you know, to help support your sales and marketing efforts. Um, like you said, you know, what is old or what was old is new again, right? Like the mailbox, like I check my mailbox every day. I have less than six pieces of mail and it's really easy to stand out there, you know, versus, LinkedIn, right, where you're getting bombarded with automated messages nowadays, you know, your email, I mean, I get spammed nonstop, Um, you know, social, push notifications, Slack, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, like all these things are just like begging for your attention and stealing your attention, right? And like you said, like that mailbox, you know, people are winning there. And, you know, print is still a good way, you know, Print doesn't have, you know, the engagement rates or the open rates as handwritten, but we try to explain it, you know, our products is a little bit more of like an emotional connection and that's, you know, we're working with, you know, luxury brands and um, like high-end retailers and, um, you know, financial companies. So that high-end personal touch that has that emotional connection that's going to last, have a shelf life, right? You know, holidays are coming up right now. You know, we're just getting into our busy season, right? Like that has a six to eight week shelf life. Like what text message has a one second shelf life? What email, like you have like 10% email open rates and they go right in the trash. Like who's going to print out that <laughs> that promotion email? Like nobody, you know? No. So um, this is just another tool in the belt. Um, it's incredibly powerful. You know, when you're putting real pen to paper, people believe it because, you know, we've, been, we've spent a lot of money um, making sure that our, our technology was believable because nobody wants to be the person who's been found out for sending fake handwritten notes. So um, we've done a lot of, of investing to make sure that that handwriting engine and software puts the best product out there possible. But yeah, it's just another tool. Um, as you said, people who like business are obsessed with business. They like learning about different um, avenues. Like, you know, I'm self-taught uh, SEO person. I'm a self-taught, you know, front, uh, back-end developer. I mean, kind of do basic stuff with Python, JavaScript, that type of stuff. But um, this is just another tool. And if you leverage it correctly, um, it can be extremely powerful in your relationships and then um, new customer acquisition if you have a really good targeted list. Well, what else have you done to differentiate your company from, from, you know, you don't have competitors in your space, do you? We have a few. Um, so there's really only two major providers uh, in the United States. Everybody else are kind of like um, mom and pop shops, realtors, mortgage professionals who do this like out of their house. Um, what really separates us from the competition is our technology. Um, 
you know, our competitors use like a, a pen plotter, um, which is more like a drawing machine. And they use jailbroken software to kind of get it to do what they want it to do. Um, we, we spent over two years trying everything and, and seeing what would work. And then we finally pulled the trigger um, with an engineering firm here in Arizona. And we've actually built 100% our own technology. So the software that drives the machine um, is 100% ours, the handwriting engine. So like the font manipulation, how you create handwriting styles is 100% our own technology. And then the physical mechanical machine is 100% our technology. So, um, you know, the writing capacities, the the throughput speeds, the writing speeds, and we've actually developed our own pen. So um, I use this pen now, but we use a, a high capacity, uh, has 300% more ink. So the pens don't run out as much. So we actually, there's a lot of technology into this little handwritten note company. And this is why there's not a lot of people in it. But, um, you know, just these inserts, um, these inserts in this pen casing is 100% our technology as well. So um, the first four years, we've invested every dollar back into the business to to create this platform and make it as easy as possible and and uh, do what we think separates ourselves from the competition. Also being self-funded, that's what we've had to do. But um, yeah, I'm not going to say, you know, some people like Apple, some people like Android, right? Some people like Ford, some people like Chevy. Um, but, you know, I think in this space, we're, we're a Ford or a Chevy or we're an Apple or a Samsung. Um, I, I do believe... You know, our technology and product is one of the best out there. Right. Any, any <clears throat> did you, have you had anything that's patented? So our machine, that's again, a hundred percent on technology. We have three design patents and three utility patents that have been submitted. So again, like we have a, somebody else who has a, a utility patent. Um, I believe that's what it is, but uh, yeah. So there's design and utility. So we have three design, three utility. Yeah. So, you know, I want to share with my listeners and, and even to Rick too, maybe Rick uh, probably knows this already, I'm sure. So everybody thinks that, you know, <clears throat> when you have a patent, that stops people from infringing on it. And it does not. So I have a very good friend who has uh, three patents. Now he also happens to be, a, he's a very successful business guy, but he also happens to be a lawyer. And so um, uh, a number of very, very big companies infringed on his patent didn't affect his business, but you know, he went after them and luckily um, he still had to have a patent attorney to work with because it, there's just a lot of nuances is you can't just be an attorney and just say, okay, I'm going to go after somebody who's for patent infringement just because it's, there's a lot of knowledge there. And so, you know, what he's told me is that, um, it takes, you have to have $500,000 to be able to go after someone who infringed. This is, we're talking about big companies now that infringe to mm-hmm. go after, to try to win and get money. So it's not, you have a patent and therefore nobody is going to go and steal your technology. Now, yeah. certainly today, uh, a company may be more valuable if they have patents only because people who are going to acquire it might yes might think it's valuable yes but, and that's why we did it yeah yeah and so but you may want to just you know everyone should know out there that that what he's seen in his three different patent infringement cases 
is that you need $500,000 each to go after those three companies. Those, they were yeah. big you know, companies. And he won, by the way, just so you know. He, he won about $4 million per, for each one. So it was really. I'm worth sure that it. was over years and a lot of headaches. Years though. and years <laughs> and years, and then he actually had one that clawed back some money. Uh, we were able to win, uh, so he, you know he, he had to give back money too. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's just an interesting idea. So yeah, like while you're on that patent, um, you know, conversation, I think like you said the. When you're starting a business, like you really want to figure out a way that you can separate yourself from the competition because otherwise it's just going to be like a race to the bottom because once there starts getting other competitors in the space, what's going to happen is your clients are just going to start, you know, coming and asking, hey, what's your price? Get an RFP. Then they'll go start leveraging each other's RFPs against each other. Um, so you always want to find out, you know, what is that little thing that you can do better that separates yourself from the competition so you can, you know, demand your price. But also, like you said, if you have intentions to sell your business and acquire it, you got to put all these pieces together, right? You got to have a good, you got to have a, you know, good social proof, good following, you know, strong business, strong cash flow, strong product, strong technology, right? Patents, all these pieces. And that's what we, you know, kind of had the vision when we started this, like this was built to sell. And, and I know there's, you know, some, uh, yeah, it, this is, was built to sell. Like I, I wanted to get this acquired at some point. Like that was my goal. You know, when I started business school, I was like, I want to start a, a business someday and, and sell it. So um, we've always wanted to put all the pieces together and that's why, you know, we wanted to protect it. But like you said, it doesn't matter. You know, Elon Musk said it best. They're just lawsuit coupons. You're just waiting to, to get into some type of battle. But um, yeah. I just put all the pieces yeah. together so you can sell. Yeah. Yeah. I also have a different philosophy. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. Right? Having a business to sell that, that you want that, that you start by saying, I, I think it makes the business so much more stronger regardless if it's you sell it or not, because in order to sell it, you, you, the, the, the things that someone's going to be looking at makes your company so valuable. So can your business run without you? So if you go on vacation yeah. for two weeks, yeah. does yeah. the business run? Okay. Kill the king. If it yep. if it doesn't, that means you are working in your business instead of on your business, and that's Michael e. not right. That's not a yep. good. You're, uh, it, it's not a good idea. Okay. Um, you know, can you? Uh, there's just there's you know, can the the business be self supported uh, through financing uh, through its own financing or, you know, uh, that's another thing. You know, can. Do, okay. Well, do you have key people that if they left, your business would be in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. you know, these are all valuable things, regardless if you sell or not. And to be clear, so listen, I have not, I haven't really sold a business. I did one; it was small. It was kind of a joke. Um, but I have one business right now that's going to eventually sell. Okay, and then I have another business that is not going to sell, but it's just a business that I can do until. I'm in my eighties and nineties. It takes very little of my time. So, uh, you know, and those, so I know what the purpose of those businesses. Now I had another business and also, you know, I said this in my very last podcast, uh, if, if you're listening to this ser uh, serially in, the, in these podcasts, I do, you'll, you'll, you'll hear this before, but I, I picked $10 million as the goal of this podcast for what we're trying to help our, our uh, listeners get to is because at 10 million and it, it really does depend on your industry, but in general, 10 million is the magic number when someone starts to be interested in your company. 
And I know that from personal experience. Okay. So um, Mm -hmm. at 10 million, you have processes, procedures, you're not the the cook and and bottle washer. Uh, you need, you're not doing everything. Um, so you know that's really uh, you know something that I think you start off with by saying, um, what what do I need to do in my business? And you can do it right now. What do I need to do in my business for someone else to be for considered to be sellable? Now, a good way to do this is to bring in a broker and to say. They, they'll talk, they'll definitely talk to you, but bring in a business broker and say, what is it about my business that someone would like? What is it about something in my business that they will not like? And there's a good place to start. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you gotten that route yet or no, Rick? So, yeah. To try to sell the business. Yeah. No, um, we've had like, you know, again, my email gets blown up all the time of uh, people who want to try to list our business. Wouldn't you call those just like, I guess, brokers? Yes. But um, my goal is to get this, you know, try to get this to eight figures before we try selling it. You know, we're yeah. still too young. But uh, like you just said, you know, systems and processes, I felt like you were just quoting, you know, the Michael E. Gerber, you know, uh, book. Um, but yeah, get that out, get <laughs> out of work. Yeah, it's a yeah. great book. I'm sure every entrepreneur yeah. has read it. Um, you got to get out of working in your business, work on your business. Yeah. Actually systems hired, and processes. Just, so, just yeah. so you know, I hired his second in command as a business coach. Yeah. 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 That I was mean, a long time great. ago. Yeah. I had easy, it for several years. Yeah. Yeah. Easy reading, easy principles, easy to understand. But that's how we built our business is literally everything I did. I, I, I work with a lot of like contractors, like VAs, because you just have to, you have to mitigate risk, right? You have to control your cost. And what I did is just, I brain dumped everything about each job I needed someone to do, brain dumped it, wrote it all down. And then once I wrote it all down, I waited like a half hour to let my head clear. And then I would make a clear guide, you know, step-by-step, this is what I need you to do. And I just went, you know, VA, you know, after contractor, after VA, and just literally scaled, you know, our outbound, um, some of our marketing efforts, our SEO, podcasting, um, guest posting. I mean, and that's what we've done, you know, and yep. it's, it, it, and it works and you have to do that. But, um, systems and processes for sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, I use, I use Upwork yeah. too as well. I use Upwork a lot for yeah. a lot of our projects. I mean, I have yeah. things that are being done in Nigeria. I have stuff that, you know, d- done in the United States, stuff in Canada, stuff in different parts of the world. So, yeah. um, it's the way the modern small business is running now. So I agree with you, you know, um, all right. Well, it's really good stuff. I uh, really appreciate it. It was a very interesting conversation. I'd like to thank very much Rick Elmore from simplynoted.com for coming on to today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And please, if you like today's podcast or any other podcasts that we've done and you're willing to give us a five-star review, um, please uh, give us a review on the podcasting app. It really helps us get the word out. You know, we have about 10,000 listeners right now. So the Entrepreneur MBA podcast is very popular. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website and you can get a free uh, quote. It, there's no paperwork required. You just fill out a two-minute uh, questionnaire, really. And we'll let you know if we can help you. We'll let you know if we can't. It's at uh, fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Rick, if there's any uh, anyone who wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm just Rick Elmore 
uh, owner of Simply Noted is the best way, or just go to our website, simplynoted.com. We do a really good job of sending out a really nice uh, handwriting sample kit. So, you know, you can go on there and just request a sample and we send you a nice package with a bunch of handwriting styles, some case studies, some information, how we help scale and automate, you know, sending real handwritten notes. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, just going to echo that as a summary for today that I I think it, it's a no-brainer. If you have the right product or the right service, it, look at Simply Noted. Um, sounds like to me like it's a differentiator. I never got – I've never gotten anything like that, like a handwritten note from somebody I've done a lot of business with. Um, I've done it. Not not often, but I've done it. And, uh, and I, you know, it just makes complete sense. So other than that, I want to wish everybody a happy day, uh, you know, a good day and make sure I always say this at the end of the entrepreneur, uh, MBA podcast, uh, you know, entrepreneurship is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So make sure you're saving your energy, uh, you know, that you're taking good care of yourself physically and mentally because it can take a lot out of you. Your business can make, uh, make your life kind of really difficult. So keep, uh, keep yourself in good shape. Everybody have a good day.